Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Abundant Living Ecuador podcast, uh, coming to you live, well, actually recorded live right now, <laughs> from Loja, Ecuador, uh, in, a, in a continued stretch of just spectacular weather. Sometimes I wish we could record these things outside. I mean, it is just, it is just incredibly beautiful and has been this way for, I don't know, three or four weeks now. Um, I, uh, funny quick anecdote before I, before I get into the business of uh, who we are and what we do. I, uh, a client uh, emailed uh, me, uh, us yesterday or the day before, and, and was uh, mentioning that he was in two feet of snow. <laughs> I don't know where he was, where he was emailing from, but uh, it, it, it reminded me of how much I do not miss that. <laughs> uh, as we're, uh, you know, here in, in, you know, it's 8 o'clock in the morning here on Saturday morning. Um, and it's probably already in the mid seventies and, and well, today will be hot. So, you know, my weather <laughs> today in yeah. clear skies and clear skies, Yeah. Blue, beautiful, bright blue, blue skies for the last few weeks. So anyhow, uh, we are a real estate and relocation services firm based out of Loja, Ecuador in Southern Ecuador. Um, you can find us at www.abecuador.com. That's A as an apple, B as in boy, Ecuador. Com. <laughs> um, um, phone number, uh, toll free from the U.S. and Canada, 888-999-0948, 888-999-0948, um, and via email, of course, info at abequador.com. Uh, so we've got a great show for you today, lots of topics, a little fun, a few anecdotes, um, a lot going on here in Ecuador and a lot going on as far as the business and uh, amazing properties that, that keep signing up with us. So we'll chat a little bit about all of those things. Um, I'll, uh, I'll start uh, very briefly with a, with a funny story. Um, I think I mentioned in last week's show I was down. At, yeah, that was after I went, right? Yeah, I was yeah. down in the coast. Yeah, we chatted about it last week. A little bit, we... yeah, for a few days. So one thing I did not mention on air... Um, you know, we, we have a, an a employee, an employee who's really been a great addition to the, to the team um, who we hired a few months back. And we had uh, come across these opportunities on the coast, um, some beachfront and some, well, there's also, uh, which I don't think I mentioned last time, there's some gigantic beachfront properties down there, like kilometers of beachfront um, for any developers out there who are listening who um, would like, you know, for example... If you, if you went down to the coast in Ecuador and did like a really high-class development with a golf course and beachfront and luxury homes and swimming pools and all that, you'd kind of be potentially, you know, almost the only person who, who had that offering on the marketplace. Um, there are golf courses in Ecuador, a few, um, but, but um, I haven't seen, and, and maybe you have, Darnell, I don't know, but I, I haven't seen in all my travels on the coast like a true... Uh, world-class like golf resort uh, coastal development um, with beachfront and and golf and all the amenities that that people around the world are looking for and I found some some properties down there for amazing prices that are gigantic and have uh, kilometers of, of beautiful coastline yeah I've seen one in Esmeraldas that was very good it was a uh, Jack Nicholas design golf course oh nice and um, sweet beach and generally speaking Esmeraldas is cheaper than other places on the coast, but they have a couple of pockets, that being one of them, where prices are fairly high. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people from Quito, wealthy people from Quito who own there. Yeah, and I was in the uh, Manabí province. I was a little, just slightly uh, south of Manta, um, which, is a, which is a city, a, a large city here, in, here on the coast. So anyhow, I'm there with, uh, we went down to check out some opportunities, look at some properties, and uh, eat fried fish <laughs> because the, <laughs> the, the food on the coast is uh, spectacular as opposed to the mountains. Um, and I took uh, my friend and a guy that we work with who, uh, you know, was also looking for potentially a couple of investment opportunities, a, a local, an Ecuadorian guy from Zamora. And um, we went down and he had a little bit of fear of the ocean. Uh, he was kind of like a little nervous about the ocean. You know, he's from Zamora. That's a lot of hours from the ocean. He could swim, you know, used to rivers and things like that, but not used to the ocean. And I'm telling him, no, no, don't worry about it. Like, uh, you know, everything will be cool. Everything will be, <laughs> it's safe. We'll have fun. It'll be great. Like, Just stick with me. I'll protect you. <laughs> so, so we're down at the beach and uh, we met another friend of mine who was down there who had alerted me to some of these properties. I'm not going to let you drown or anything. <laughs> 
Hey man, don't you know you're uh, you're like you're like one of those guys who like tells everybody about the movie before they've seen it. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so we're down there and we're swimming and we're having a great time and and uh, you know everything was cool. And then the next day, uh, we're out in the water and we're splashing around. You know we're we're frolicking <laughs> and. Uh, and all of a sudden, I kind of realized, and I think he, he might have realized 30 seconds before I did, um, I kind of realized, wow, we're, we're getting a little far from shore, and we're kind of getting pulled out. And so we, we kind of like, I think, had a, had a moment of panic together, um, <laughs> where we, where we re- and we started trying to fight back to shore. But uh, he couldn't, he couldn't, and... The way the beach was, it was pulling out, so like a serious undertow, but then also pulling down the beach from right to left, and he was to the right of me. So I'm trying to fight back to get to him, but I can't because because I'm fighting against the current. And he's taking a beating, I mean, just getting pounded by waves and doesn't have a lot of experience in the ocean, so he's doing everything you're not supposed to do. He's fighting the waves, he's not trying to you know, get on top of them, so they push him in, he's going under them and, and then fighting and I'm thinking oh my god this kid's got like three minutes more of this and he's gonna be dead um literally so uh, you know I I tried to fight back to him couldn't decided all right I gotta get in the shore and get help I fight my way in the shore which was extremely difficult took me solid 15 minutes to get in um you know I'm I get in I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm dying on this shoreline uh and and uh you know they have these they have these um these uh, natural cigarettes down here with no uh, with no chemicals, which I had been smoking a few of recently, which <laughs> didn't help my efforts. So I get in I get into the beach and I and I, I you know I'm, I'm in my head I'm just going oh my god he's gonna die oh my god he's gonna die and I run up to the to the bar to to where there's people and I'm I dreaming at my friend I'm like and my friend's a surfer and I'm like you know, get your surfboard you know uh, our friend is gonna die like you know, he's in the ocean he's dying he got sucked out to sea and at this point he got sucked way out. So my friend, like two other guys, try to go in and save him. They can't get out. My friend on the surfboard jumps in. I'm frantically looking for a boat. He's trying to get out there. He, the, the guy on the surfboard's getting beat up by the waves as well. He's looking and he's getting sucked down the beach as well. So way to the left of where the, of where my friend was, trying to get out there. I jump in the car, go run looking for a boat. Uh, so I didn't see what happened after that. I get back in a boat like. You know, I don't know. Forty-five minutes later, it was hard to find one. When we found, we finally found one. The motor wasn't on. We had, you know, we're we're on, we're on with the boats on logs. We're rolling it into the, into the water, strapping the motor on. But my friend on the surfboard saved him eventually, and uh, I had a very emotional and, and, and wet, uh, coughing up water friend who literally almost died. <laughs> so, so that was uh, also, it would have been all your fault. Jesus, I mean, <laughs> that's all I could think about. I'm like, this kid dies like. I'm never gonna be able to like not feel guilty. Like I'm gonna feel guilty for 30 years. Like, I'm gonna die feeling guilty about this. Yo, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you might have incurred some karma on that one. Like. Yeah, yeah, no. So and then of course you know now we're safe on the beach and everyone's telling us like, oh yeah, there's really strong undertow. Like you gotta be careful. Like people die here. <laughs> oh, thanks guys. Thanks. Yeah. You know, thanks for letting me know. Monday morning quarterbacks. Like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, anyways, Darnell, let me let me hand this off to you for a few minutes. I know um, you had some good stuff you wanted to talk about in relation to properties and the businesses, business, and a few other things. So, let me hand it off to you and and uh, and uh, hear 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 about those things. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first, property that we have had on the market for um, a good while now uh, that we recently um, brought down in price. Sent a property alert about it last week, if I'm not mistaken. It's a um, 121-acre finca out in Tambo, which is next to um, Catamayo, which is the second largest city in the province and where the Loja Airport is, about 45 minutes away. The property is about 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes away from the airport. Um, we had, had been listing it for just under 200000 The price has now been reduced to 149000 And it's just an incredible deal for what it is. Um, for lots of people here are looking for properties in Vilcabamba, and it's just got a very similar climate, maybe a touch warmer, but very similar. Um, this property now, um, the owners had made several investments and then cut the price because 
um, interest wasn't very high on it. Um, and I just think it's an incredible deal. They added another water source um, higher up on the property. So it's really terraced. When you drive in, the upper property limit is one of the largest flat areas on the property. Then it's really terraced. You go down, there's some steep parts, plenty of flat parts throughout to build. Um, you know, I just love the climate out there. And now what they've done is they've added a road. They didn't used to have road access. Uh, so that not only is there a road that gets you to the property, but that goes through about 60% um, down the property. Um, again, flat areas throughout, lots of trees. Um, there's actually a couple of Chirimoya trees out there as well, too, that I didn't know about. So um, hold on, just a quick. I'm, I always get confused about this. So there's, there's Guanabana right. and Chirimoya. Right. Which one is Noni? A noni is different. Noni looks kind of like a cactus. It's like a miniature version of a guanabana. Hmm. No, one of them. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll address <laughs> this next week. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry. Yeah. Um, so what else does it have on the property? Um, oh, and the other thing that they've done that was another new thing that they had done is they had... Um, They've created some areas of cultivation now where they're cultivating beans and corn that grow really well in the area. Um, so more water for irrigation. It still has the spring, lots of flat areas, even more than I remember. And some of them have been cleared now, some for cultivating uh, and some just for, you know, just because they decided to clear it. So it's just, they've invested a lot more money They've um, improved the property and they've lowered the price. Yeah, that's and that's I mean, that's a, one of these distressed properties. That's one of these properties where um, the price is really good because um, there's there's a, a banknote involved. Um, so that's that's one of these properties we've been talking about um, on the podcast the last few weeks or last few episodes, I should say, where, um, you know, people have taken out in there's, a, you know, there's been a big credit expansion. People have taken out loans and now they're in situations where the economy is kind of soft and they're having trouble repaying them and they're high interest. So there's a lot of opportunities that way here. Now that property is one of them. Right. Absolutely. You're, you're right. So I, Soursop is what I was, uh, which I thought was the same as Noni, but so Soursop, which cures cancer, is that Guanabana or is that Chirimoya? No, that's Guanabana. That's Guanabana. Okay. Because guanabana, just FYI for those, there's these fruits down here, guanabana and chirimoya, which look almost identical. Like this guy is explaining to me the differences in the way they look. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, it's the same fruit. Like, he's like, well, this is the one's a little longer and this one's a little rounder. Like, right, exactly. But, yeah, yeah, and that's a, yeah. A guanabana is more is like longer. Uh, uh, chirimoya is more heart shaped, okay. almost. But it's the guanabana that's sour sap. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so yeah, if you Google soursop cure cancer, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Um, anyhow, yeah, beautiful property, Tombo, yeah. and yeah, it's also that water is is pure. That water that they're piping in comes out of the mountain, so it's untreated. You're not you've got a lot of untreated um, pure water out there. So for drinking or irrigation or whatever you're doing, um, you know you're not bringing any chemicals on your land, and um, and yeah, great price. All right. And the reason why I was out there is we have a couple of clients in town who are looking at farms in which to do a um, to do meat production. So they want to graze the animals there, um, do do um, dairy and meat. And what they would do is so the guy has experience in this. He's done it in Mexico, and he gave me a little bit of background on that business that I hadn't really thought of, and I think is just interesting from a conceptual point of view for people who are listening to the podcast, who are looking for different businesses. And what he told me was this, no matter where you are in the world, the inputs for grazing animals are the same. So there's not a Grass. whole lot of, <laughs> yeah, right. There's not a whole lot of variability in your inputs. It's really just a matter of keeping costs down. And if you can keep your costs down, then your, your profitability will, you know, your, your profitability, margins. your margins will be good. And so, he was attracted to Ecuador because, you know, in addition to, you know, running the business, he really was looking for quality. Uh, he's a Mexican national from, you know, born and raised in Mexico. Your wife is from the States? Or? Uh, his wife is German. German, okay. German, but um, moved to the States in her 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, been in the States for, you know, 20 plus years mm -hmm. or so. Um, so, 
you know, they've, they've, uh, and they actually live in uh, San Miguel, which is, you know, a really nice area in Mexico, very touristy area. And, um, you know, obviously Mexico is very beautiful, but it, you know, has a, you know, as he described it to me, it's got a vibe where you're kind of, you know, you live there, you grow up there, you're a little, it's, things are a little tenuous, you're a little on edge. People get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> right. And killed in the street and all that other stuff. Right. And so he was looking for that work-life balance, I guess, for lack of a better term. And that's what really um, drove him to look at both Ecuador and Nicaragua. And after spending some time in Nicaragua, Nicaragua was basically out. And when they came here to Ecuador, it was, well, it's Ecuador or maybe somewhere else that we haven't looked. And after showing him three properties, he had, you know, told me, I've decided on Ecuador. Yeah. And it's uh, really just a matter of deciding between these three properties that, that uh, we showed him, um, Tombo being one of them. That's the pro- So the property Darnell was talking about, that's on the website under Tombo if you want to see it. Also, the pictures and the video that are on the website were taken before the internal road and the secondary water source was, were brought in. So those are not on the site, but they are on the property. Right. And so the other property that we had taken them to see, which is also in the running, is uh, the Finca with Everything on the website. Another sweet one. Another also sweet Also distressed one. property. And then the third one is one that's not quite on the website yet and um, you know, could potentially sell before, uh, before it gets on the website. But um, if it doesn't, we'll have that up on the website probably uh, in the next uh, three to four weeks yeah what uh oh we did touch on that maybe last week briefly what town was that in uh bella cruz and that was sound i haven't seen it darnell went out and um has been dealing with it with the owner that was sounded well how many hectares uh it's listed as 50 i um suspected it's a little bit more i i would say at least 20 hectares more yeah and that happens a lot here the way that that works when we take on a property and the owner tells you um the size of the property and, you know, gives you the escritora, the title. And, um, you know, that has it a size listed, but then we do a boundary study to make sure, um, how many hectares, you know, how, how large the property is, um, actually, um, which often can, can, uh, be quite different from what the owner thinks it is or what's on the title. Um, so, so that's just part of the process that we go through for listing properties to make sure that, you know, when you're buying it, you actually know how many hectares it is. That can also help because <laughs> a lot of times people think they're selling less land than they're selling. So, you know, they have a price perhaps in their head per square meter or per square, well, meter yeah. or, or hectare. Um, and they're saying, okay, well, I want, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, whatever per hectare. I've got 50 hectares. You do a boundary study. It's really 80 hectares. So you're saying, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm okay with your price. <laughs> um, oh, the other um, input cost that I forgot to mention about um, about the farming business or you know animal grazing business mm-hmm. that um, really gives Ecuador an advantage is the um, is the uh, transportation cost. Yeah, right. You know, if you've got a transported animal across the country, you know, you might pay 40 bucks. And great roads and all that. I mean, for any of those kinds of projects, and I think that's, you know, exactly what you're getting at. But, like, for any of those kinds of projects, if you're looking for, those are really the best things about Ecuador in a certain way. Like, if you're looking for just that quality of life, um, safety, natural beauty. I and mean, the natural beauty here is just... I've never seen anything like it. I haven't traveled all over the world, but I've certainly done some traveling. I've, I've just never seen anything like it. Um, I'm, well, I might prefer white sand beaches and turquoise water because I just love that shit. But, but the, natural, the natural beauty here is, is absolutely breathtaking. And, um, and yeah, the quality of life, safety, and then, and then any kind of agricultural pro- project you want to get into at all. So whether that's cultivation or, or animals or whatever, it's, it's just ideal. I mean, it's just absolutely ideal. It's just... I mean, you throw seeds in the ground and they just grow. I'm mean, not everywhere, of course, but but many, many, many places. The majority of places in in southern Ecuador where we are. Yeah. You know, what's really compelling about that property in particular, in addition to you know having an internal road, having uh, an irrigation system that irrigates you know 20 hectares of the property, having a house on the property, having um, storage for animals already there. Having a, having a reservoir. This that, is the 50 hectares. Yeah, this property. is the 50 hectares. Yeah. Having a reservoir that holds almost a thousand cubic meters of water during dry season, um, potable water, as well as a stream that borders the, the property that you can pull water from, mm-hmm. and some un, access to untreated water that you have. 
um, the property is located, you know, about an hour and a half from Loja, but you're only about two hours from the coast at that point. Um, and how far from the airport in Catamayo? Um, 40 minutes. Okay. So 40 um, minutes from an airport, an hour and a half from Loja, two hours from the coast. Two hours from the coast. And then also, too, you, you know, for you're in a very small community. I wouldn't even call it a community. I mean, you just got neighbors. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's... Fincas, like people fincas. Who, who are also grazing cattle yeah, and stuff. People yeah, people are also grazing cattle or growing whatever, just living out there. So it's a really small community. Um, but the thing is, okay, you're you know, 30, 40 minutes away from Catamayo. You're 30 minutes away from Catacocha. So if you need to like get into civilization to get whatever you need, it's close by. And if you're going to be moving any kind of product from there, you're just in a so- centrally located strategic area. Because, you know, they want to do, you know, high-end meat production. Well, there's, you know, there's very nice hotels in Machala, in uh, Guayaquil that are not far away. You've got an airport in Santa Rosa before you get to Machala. And in Machala, you have the second largest port in the country. So if you're going to be exporting any of these things or selling high-end products to hotels in the country, you're just in a very good place. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you want to go up to Cuenca, you can, you know, drive past Loja and get to Cuenca. The road is great. So Yeah, about two and a half, three hours from Loja. Right. And uh, is that land cultivated? Does he have fruit trees and all that or not? Um, not he's got a couple of fruit trees. Um, he's got some coffee. He's got sugarcane he just hasn't like that hasn't been the focus of the property but there's areas that are like ready to cultivate now and he's actually um he had actually just recently planted some corn Mm -hmm. so um not quite but there's some and there could be a lot more very easily sure yeah that property sounded sounded pretty sweet when when you described it to me there's a lot of these fincas amazing fingers i mean if that's what you're looking for like a really large piece of land to do self-sustainability and grow food and have tons of water and, um, you know, but still be close to places that you can, you know, do your shopping and whatnot. I mean, those, those are, that's what, that's what they have here. That's what's here. Um, so there's, there's a lot of amazing, just amazing properties in that vein. Right. That sounds like a sweet one. The price on that wasn't bad either. What was, uh, um, uh, listing is a uh, two thirty nine two thirty, and it was yeah for fifty hectares that may be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked if it wasn't more. To be frank with you, yeah. And again, that's listing price, of course, negotiable. Yeah, and the owner owner made it abundantly clear when we went there that he was open to negotiating. Yeah, he made some like funny equi- uh <laughs> funny anecdote in uh, about you know not having money under the mattress. It was funny. Like, <laughs> More so just because of the delivery, but, you know, he was like, you know, just letting us know, like, yeah, you know, this is the price, but we can talk. Yeah, yeah. He needs cash, in other words. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Although he's doing pretty well with the Finca. Like, he's, he, uh, you know, is basically living off the cheese production on the the property. So. Oh, cool. He hangs out there, like, two, three days a week. Single, like, 74-year-old guy who's just the man, like. Very nice. (laughs) Drinks clubs and like watches his cattle graze, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, that this is also a phenomenal area for 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 milk for cheese. Um, people in like Yangana is known for it. Gonzanama is known for it. Um, uh, Saraguro is known for it. Um, Loja is not necessarily known for it, but there's tons of tons of uh, cheese production here as well. All of those areas I just mentioned are within an hour and change um, of Loja, so uh, you know that's a, a big, big part of um, <clears throat> business, if you want to call it that. Unpasteurized uh, too. Yeah, it's really just like cheese and salt. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different kind of cheese. Like it's not necessarily the cheese you'd be used to coming from the states. I, I'm not crazy about a lot of it, but in terms of the quality of the milk, it's spectacular. So yeah. you could do any kind of cheese you wanted. It's almost like it has a consistency of like, like a solid cottage cheese or like, um, or like a curdled milk kind of like it's like got that look to it. Yeah, doesn't taste like that though. Obviously. The only no, <laughs> the only uh, experience I had with cheese that like that is um, from Venezuela and the Dominican Republic. I know they they like eat cheese like that. Um, so if you the squeaky cheese, squeak <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. What else? Uh, what else? 
What else did I want to cover? Um, we talked a little about... Yeah, I guess we talked a little bit about the opportunities on the coast. Did you want to go into that? Yeah, I mean, I hit on that last week as well. No, I mean, I think basically we've got some cool properties on the coast, both both for farming and beachfront. Um, so if that's something that, that you're interested in, um, yeah, give us give us a shout. Um, there's a... a uh, yeah, uh, what was it, like five and a half hectares available um, that would be... That would make an amazing uh, farm, um, very cheap. And then there's some some really interesting beach beachfront, a small lot uh, right on the water, and then these large properties I was mentioning a minute ago. Right. Yeah, we also put out a well. Jesse put out a blog on uh, the opportunities in the coast that he found. If you want to review that in more detail, you can find it on the blog section of our website at www.abequador.com. Plugging the website a little bit. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and then also another blog on, in I think this would be a good segue into this, is the um, the stuff about the free trade agreement that's taking place and, and the um, blog post you wrote about that. Yeah, so basically um, there's a deal in place with the European Union, a uh, trade deal uh, with Ecuador. So... The yeah, right, Darnell's doing the victory pose because uh, because um, you know they have, you'll be able to buy stuff. You'll be able to buy yes. Um, I mean that might be the if there was a knock on Ecuador, like yeah. that would be it. Is yeah. that you can't you know I need my like my Western like uh, Grey Goose Grey Goose like materialistic like you know like capitalist like products like I would like a nice pair of jeans, please. <laughs> No, right. So there's there's import taxes in Ecuador, very high. We've gone over that many times. Won't recap it, but they'll be going away for products out of the EU. Um, so, um, what Spe- specifically liquor, cars, and clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Second victory pose. Um, so that's you know great for me and Darnell because we can buy stuff, but it's great for uh, entrepreneurs as well because what'll happen um, is that. There'll be an opportunity, and that's changing this year. It'll be fully implemented in September. It's implemented in three phases, so they're phasing out the import taxes from the EU um, in three phases. Um, by September of this year, uh, and again, could that change? Yes, but not much because it's a you know it's it'll be enforced internationally. Um, by September of this year, uh, those taxes will be gone, and for somebody who wants to get into the importing business in Ecuador, you could make a lot of money because um, there's a, a, a plenty of demand for all of those products and there'll be a somewhat of a scramble to get those um, supply lines or supply chains um, set up and get those stores to the cons- or those goods to the consumer. And for people who are kind of first movers in that and do it well, um, you know, you'll be opening your doors to what I would describe as will be kind of an insatiable demand for um, European goods that have never been available at those prices before, or, or not before, but in, in many years. Right. I mean, right now, what Ecuadorians do is they go to Peru to buy stuff. They go to Colombia to buy stuff. If they have connections in the U S they go to the U S to buy stuff. Um, you know, that's how, so, you know, And, of course, that has hurt the importers. They've put a lot of importers out of business. Yes, the joys of government. Um, And, you know, that'll be changing. So that'll be a a great business to get into. It's it's something I'm interested in as well. You know, getting back to properties, a lot of interest in in the property that we have in in Vilca that we sent a property alert on last week, the four hectares on the top of the mountain with the incredible views. That house is so sweet. And recently reduced um, to 189000 Significantly less than, than the guys got into it. Um, right now, the market here is just uh, houses are houses, not you know, lands, obviously. Houses are selling at or below cost, almost across the board. Um, so this was built by an American who uh, spent a lot of time buying buildings and and uh, re- and uh, renovating them in LA and, and San Francisco, um, and he just did a sp- just spectacular job on this home. Um, custom made cabinets, solid wood doors, custom everything, cu- um, 
you know, had the tiles custom made in Cuenca. The granite is imported from Spain. Uh, thick glass doors that cover an entire side of the house that look over, look out at some of the most amazing views I've ever seen. 150 fruit trees, uh, mineral springs, as well as water piped in from Podocarpus. Great internet access. Um, just, just, I love that property. I, I would, I would love to buy that house. Um, and an amazing, just an amazing price. I mean, I think the houses should be on the market, you know, at around 250 or so. And he's got it at, at 189. He's, uh, sold all his other, he had a lot of properties in Ecuador, sold all the rest. He's going to Brazil, um, to, uh, run a hotel. And then we also sent a property alert on a uh, property in the Kukanama area of Vilcabamba, about 10 minutes away from downtown. It's a hundred, or excuse me, 1.28 acre lot, completely flat, has a um, house there, maybe 1,300 square foot, two bedroom, one bath house that's about 90% done, uh, was designed by Chilean architect, um, very open floor plan. Um, you know, has all the services, water, electricity, just really set up for someone to come in and finish it to their liking um, and selling for 99000 uh, We actually received an offer on it to, um, for the, the buyer wanted to pay in South African Cougarans. Um, and if the, if the property owner wasn't in a position where he needed the liquidity, that would have been a great deal. It's unfortunate that he didn't because... That was a really good deal. Um, so, you know, people, I think that illustrates how flexible people are in terms of, well, I guess the the, the buyer, sellers or the buyers, excuse me. Um, maybe the sellers or yeah, maybe the sellers, not always, but with the right seller and with a seller that maybe was in some different conditions, I think he would have taken the offer. Yeah, that that house is sweet. Also, I mean, if not for anything else, just the price. I mean, ninety nine thousand for a house and one and a you know an acre an acre and a third. Um, and that, Jarnell says the house is ninety percent finished. I understand what he means. It doesn't have kitchen cabinets. Um, there's a couple things on. It doesn't have baseboards, although the baseboards are there. <laughs> I just have to be put in. But the house itself, like the construction, is a hundred percent finished. It just needs. Um, a little bit of stuff on the interior in, tar in terms of finishing work. I think literally, is there anything else other than kitchen cabinets and baseboards? Um, closets in the bath in the bedrooms. Like the it. doors for them or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's doors and shelves. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking like just literally detailing details of the finishing work. The house is um, totally constructed. Right. And if some, somebody might want to... Um you know, put in a new kitchen sink and those kinds of things, you know, the countertops and, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's right. Yeah. I guess I'm sort of, yeah, that's probably a, uh, an understatement in terms of how much of the construction is actually done. Yes. The house is built. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and that have placed also the, both of these properties have a biodigester for the septic. Um, you know, that's set up well and they all of course have electricity and internet and, and, uh, water and access and all of those kinds of things. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> um, what else? There's also, uh, I'll, have these, I'll have the photos finished on Tuesday. I'll be sending that stuff out uh, probably sometime around when this podcast gets released. But um, there's several lots in the Vilcabamba, uh, San, San Pedro area. San Pedro is um, a town. They call it San Pedro de Vilcabamba because it's... Uh, five minutes or less from Vilcabamba. It's essentially part of Vilcabamba, but it's its own town. Um, there's all these lots there that have come online. Some of them are really decent uh, deals, and they also all fit the requirements for visa if you're looking for an investor visa. Um, so one is a small lot cultivated with tomatoes for 30 grand. Another is a beautiful home site lot that has panoramic views of the Vilcabamba Valley and Mondongo Mountain for 50 grand. That's a hectare. Uh, there's a, a riverfront lot in San Pedro for 100 grand, uh, completely flat. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That's uh, 110. And then there's a, um, what was the, the, pro the property in San Pedro? Uh, the one, um, I don't want to say the person's name, the one that slopes I'm, down to the river. Mm -hmm, what, what, what were we listing that at? Uh, 159. 159. And what was the size of it? 1.8 hectares. Okay, so 1.8 hectares, asking 159. 
um, has plenty of flat. Uh, some, you know, not. I'd say what thirty, forty percent of it maybe is flat. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so there's there's few home sites, lots of area for cultivation and riverfront, which which obviously is attractive. Yeah, and the uh, next door neighbor um, is actually cultivating some coffee and bananas on the property right now. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, there's some bamboo as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty in there. The the growth is pretty. Um, and that, yeah, those properties are all within five minutes of Vilcabamba, um, like the town of Vilcabamba. Um, yeah, and that ties into a little bit, um, you know, visa options. We've gone over this before, but just very, very briefly to recap. Your, your best visa options are really the professional visa, uh, the investor visa, or the pensioner's visa. Um, so if you've got a pension, that's, that's a way to get permanent residency. If you've got uh, 30 grand, you want to stick in a CD. That's a way to get residency. If you want to buy a property, that's a way to get residency. If you've got a college diploma, that's a way to get residency. Um, a lot of people tie their residency to properties they buy. That's a good option for people looking to do that. Um, whether you're looking to do it on the cheap, just for like a lot to have and get your v- residency, we've got a lot of options there. Um, if you're looking to you know, buy a big property and do it that way, of course, that's an option as well. And that ties into our relocation services, which... Um, we'll be launching officially, I and mean, we've been helping people with it all along. We've been do, providing that service all along, but we'll be launching a standalone paid service within the next couple of weeks, and also um, a real estate tour, which we're putting the finishing touches on the website for. For that, that's really sweet, I think, for people because it's it's an opportunity to come to Ecuador um, and spend time with people who know Ecuador really well and get all of your questions answered, get all of the market data as far as what's on the market, what's available, what the prices are, see all the areas that uh, you may want to consider, ask all your questions, get all your information, do so in a relatively short period of time, in a relaxed way, in a comfortable way, and um, you know, not have to spend a year here kind of figuring all that stuff out. Um, so we'll be launching that as well, and of course sending out emails for that. Um, I can say with 90% certainty by the end of next week. Yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Because um, it really is going to give people the opportunity to, to see some areas that are off the beaten path um, in southern Ecuador um, that really is just an area overall outside of Cuenca in Vilcabamba where there's really not many foreigners. So, yeah. And we'll cover, we will cover Cuenca as well in that tour. Um, there'll be a couple of options, like a one-week or a two-week tour, depending on the uh, expansive uh, uh, section of the country, the size of the section of the country you're interested in. Um, but one, one of the options will cover um, uh, Cuenca and, and some other side of the, you know, outside of within a couple hours of Loja. <laughs> that... Um, you know, that's, uh brings us, a lot of people, I think, like, people talk about gringo prices in Ecuador, um, like, you know, uh, and, and, I, and there's some truth to it. Um, you know, if, if an Ecuadorian thinks you have money, like, sure, of course, they're going to ask for more money, like, anywhere in the world. Um, you know, if you, if you roll into Texas from New York City, like, somebody might <laughs> try to jack up prices on you, right? So, so, um, so, you know, I think, I think there's some truth to that, and people, um, are cautious that way like they want to get the real price they want to get the real deal and it's like um, you know that's what we do like that's what we do we've been on the ground talking to Ecuadorians figuring out the real prices and finding those properties for more than two years now you know we speak Spanish we have every contact we have contacts that look for properties for us Ecuadorians you know all over uh, all of the areas that we're interested in um, you know, we, we understand the market very well in terms of what real prices look like, what, you know, what things should be selling at, are selling at, um, what are realistic prices, what will Ecuadorians pay for these kinds of properties. So it's like, you know, that, that is what we do. Like, that is our business, is to, is to allow the foreigner to access Ecuador from a price standpoint as if they were Ecuadorian, as if they understood the market landscape spoke the language, had the contacts, and, um, you know, were able to proceed that way. I think that's a great way of putting it. You know, something else I would add on to that is just that a lot of the properties that we have, it's either something that 
you know, we would buy ourselves. I mean, that's a, that's a, um, a criteria that we, that we put into the process or something that we, that based on what we hear from people that we talk to would be interested in purchasing, you know, things that make sense to buy for, you know, a multitude of reasons. So we're, you know, that's part of the calculation when we go out and we evaluate these properties that people bring to us because we don't list every property that somebody approaches us with. Not even close. And that, and that also, you know, fa- jumps into asking price, which we've gotten into in the past, but just very briefly. People tell us a price they want to list it at. That may or may not reflect what we think it's worth, and that may or may not reflect what they'll take. 90% of the time, they want m- more than it's worth, and they'll take what it's worth. So, Or less than it's worth. Or I mean. less than it's worth in a lot of cases, right. So... So, you know, when you see prices, for example, on the web, you know, we're going to put a price that we've agreed to post it at with the owner. Um, obviously, it's our responsibility to try to get them a good price. That being said, very often there's, and, and I don't want to, you know, on some of them there isn't, but very often there's, you know, 30% of room or in, 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 in an asking price versus what somebody will take. So... Don't don't be scared off by a price tag. If it's something you're interested in, you know it's listed at 300. You might be able to get it at 200. Some some no. Some are listed at 300, and that's what they're worth. And and the owner's not going to take much less. But some are worth 150, 200. But the guy wants us to list it at at 299. But we've already had the conversation with him, and we know he's flexible, so we're comfortable listing it because we know if uh, an offer came along that was a fair value offer, he'd take it. And so that you know that's part of part of the dynamics here as well. No, that's a really good point because that comes up quite a bit with people. I, and I do get the sense that people sometimes look at an asking price and say, well, that then that I, I've got to look at something else because I can't have this property. And that, that may not always be the case. And I think that's a good lesson just for living in Ecuador in general is just to maybe make some adjustments in terms of your point of view and your perspective and how you look at those kinds of things. Um, never hurts to ask. Yeah, exactly. And especially the current economic situation, like solid offers are being accepted, even if they're way below what, what the person wants. Um, not again, not everybody, not across the board, but there's a lot of cases where that, a lot of cases that that's that that's uh, in play. That also brings us a little bit into land valuation, um, and we've touched on all these things, you know, before. So I won't again, won't go in depth, but I I find that sometimes people have a misconception about how they're how to evaluate land or they just don't understand how to evaluate land here because it's different the factors are different um you, know, you could have a 200 hectare property with flat and views and water and you know everything you could ever imagine but if you if you can't build a road to get there it's not worth very much so you might see it on the internet for you know 50 grand and be like oh my god this is the property yeah but you know but you can't get to it. So, so that's why it's worth 50 grand. Like it may not even be, you know, offer 30 because it's probably worth 30 um, right. given, you know, given the issues. So, so people kind of get prices, I think, in their heads that may not reflect the way properties are valued here. Um, so the Especially the way the people here would evaluate exactly. a property for what they're looking to do with it. Because most of the rural land property, rural properties are based on how productive the property can be, how easy it is to get your product in and out of the property, how much flat there is, water, so, water as well too. So electricity access, yeah, a- exactly. So those are the factors that are reflecting the prices you know, of the local market. Right. So people, you know, from outside the country may come and say, well, it has everything I want. And, oh, this is cheap. Um, oh, but it doesn't have, you know, you have to walk 20 minutes to get there. Um, I don't know. That's or, not. Or two hours. Or two hours. And there's a lot of foreigners who buy properties in, in uh, Vilcabamba or rural Vilcabamba like um, uh, Kinara and Yangana. Um, actually, a client was recently in town. Um she had met somebody who lived in Yangana while um, they were in uh, Mexico. And this lady was describing how great her property was. Uh, and, <laughs> and then when they got there, they had to you know, walk 10 minutes from the main road to get to there. There was no other, that was the only way that you could access the property. So now imagine you know, you've got some groceries, you know, you've got to like, <laughs> you know, carry them in by donkey. I mean. Right, and for some people that works, but right. the, the point is, is that 
those factors go into the price. Right. So it's like, so it's like, you can't compare that a 200 hectare property, um, you know, an hour away from Loja to a 200 hectare property inside Loja that has access. Yeah. Those two prices are not going to, are, are not going to look alike and they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I remember I looked at a property that the guy wanted seven hundred and fifty thousand, and I'm th- and when, before I got there, I'm thinking this is a ridiculous price. Um, the guy wanted it was I don't remember how exactly how many hectares it was. It was more than fifty. Um, it was and and it, it was gorgeous, but I'm thinking you know this is ridiculous. But then but then I'm you know as I'm doing my valuation process, I realized he had it priced exactly right. So he's got again, would he take six hundred? Yeah, probably. But I mean, but I mean the the seven fifty asking price was right. So I, you know, I ran the math. I put because it was almost all flat, almost all usable land, great pasture land, great climb, great everything, great access, great you know lights, everything. So I put in, you know, I, I did my math, five thousand a hectare. It had a beautiful house on it. Um, I don't remember what number I put on the house, maybe one fifty uh, for the house. Then it had um, all these facilities for cattle and pigs and all these other things, including automatic um, electronic milk pumping machines for the cattle and you know quite a bit of investment in infrastructure so that had a price tag on it then he was selling it with all the cattle it was some of the best looking cattle i'd ever seen so i put that price in and the number i ended up coming up with after i finished was seven hundred fifty thousand. um so i you know i left going oh he's you know he's got it priced very right but if you're coming in from as a foreigner and you don't understand how those valuations go in that the prices here may may not may not make sense to you, and so that's obviously another thing we're here to help with in terms of helping you evaluate what kind of offer you'd want to make based on what what the land is actually worth in the market, um, because there absolutely are cases where Equ- where Ecuadorians will see a foreign face and they know their pro- they know no Ecuadorian would pay more than fifty grand for their property, and they say one hundred and fifty. Um, so we're here to keep you out of those situations right. as well, um, because you know we know what the land is worth here in Ecuador. Right. Um, and, and that's another that that piggybacks into like a cautionary tale about you know the uh, the for sale by owner thing that you know foreigners come in. And I actually have a great anecdote about this in Yangana as well too. So this was um, well, I won't mention any names here. But so there was a property that was on sale in Yangana for, oh, I want to say like, it was like a good price. It was like maybe 500, 500, uh, um, 500 a hectare or something like that. Oh, wow. And um, the people were going through an agent. You know, the agent only spoke English, but, you know, had a, um, you know, had an Ecuadorian partner. Oh, yeah, I know this property. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So... You know, the guy goes in there and he's like, you know, he's telling them the price. Hey, this is a good property. You know, if you guys are interested in this, this is a good price. Um, you know, it sounds like you guys are interested. You know, we should buy this property. And they were like super suspicious of him. And they were like, no, you know, we're going to do this ourselves. So they like, you know, go, you know, backdoor him, go negotiate directly with the owner. Um, this was initially when um, they the guy had told them the price. They had um, they had not interacted with the owner. Somehow they found the owner. The they ended up buying that same property for one thousand two hundred dollars a square. Heck there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they saw a foreign face and just told them a number, and they don't know how to evaluate the price, and so there you go. Yeah, I mean the other thing that that people do here, the traditionally in real estate in Ecuador, the way that it's been sold is twofold. One. Obviously, people just sell to each other, completely local word of mouth. Then the other way is there's, quote, real estate agents. And I say, quote, you'll understand what I'm saying in a minute. By quote, that means, you know, they obviously have some other profession, but they are aware of all the properties in the area. Well, what do they do? They try, the the owner tells them, okay, I've got this property. I want 50 grand for it. Okay, great. And they say, you take the rest. So then what the agent does is he tries to make the price as high as possible because he's receiving all the money between the 50 grand and whatever it sells at. So he could, if he sells it for 250 grand, he just made 200 G's. Um, and that's been the way, that's way, not every agent, but nine out of 10 agents here uh, in the part of Ecuador we are work that way. So their um, motive in the transaction is to 
sell you the property for the highest price possible because they're receiving the difference between what the owner told them they'll take and what you're willing to pay. So, you know, when we, uh, we spent a year looking for land, we went through 10 million of these um, experiences. And, you know, that was one of the things we were like, well, you know, we can really do a lot of good here by just charging a commission like they do everywhere else in the world. Um, you know, take our, our 6% or whatever we're charging on that particular property paid, you know, paid by the seller. And, and, you know, both sides are going to, you know, make out a lot better. The seller may receive more theoretically if, depending on what it sells at and the buyer will pay less because because he's not you know he's not uh subsidizing you know a huge margin for for the agent so uh that's another another word to the wise if you're if you're down here looking looking at real estate um but you know so all all things that you know we we, we formed this company in the face of all these things to try to you know uh, help people with it because it's 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 a it's a bit of a minefield in a certain way right. uh you know on your own which we did you know on your own here not speaking the language looking for property which we spent a year doing, doing right um, and that was really the impetus for the business because after going through the research process of looking for our own property we identified all those pitfalls there were things that we experienced personally and or had heard about someone else in the area another foreigner in our position who was looking for property experienced some other pitfalls. So we sort of realized, well, with some experience and you know, we can share this with other people and help them find the kinds of properties that we found um, to do what they're trying to do on their properties and to do that um, you know, at a reasonable price. Yeah, and also help sellers get their properties to an actual market you know, where buyers and sellers can find each other not just in the town verbally. <laughs> right. And that's what we really bring to the table for the seller. And that's why so many people come to us because they know that we can, we can um, access a larger market for them, hopefully get them a better price and more importantly, help them sell their properties faster than they otherwise would. Exactly. Um, Anything else to add? Should we leave it there? Yeah, I think you know. There's a lot of other stuff, but there's sort of totally different topics, and we're we're running out of time. So I think probably better next week. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get in next for next next week's show. Um, yeah, we're we gonna do a preview for next week's show. We <laughs> should maybe we should add that as a segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we should have uh, some news next week for the real estate tour, um, as well as relocation services, which I think can help people a lot. Um, the Rumishitana property, which we've been getting a lot of interest on prior to getting it up on the website, will be up. Yeah. I'm editing the video now. The photos are all set. Yeah, there should be, should be five, at least five properties, I think, going out next week, um, thereabouts. So uh, be on the lookout for those. And then we'll, get, we'll, we'll dive into some more of the political stuff next week, um, things going on here uh, politically, economically, those kinds of things, which we touched on a lot last week. Um, not all bad news for next week, so we'll we'll get into that, and uh, perhaps some geopolitical stuff as well, as there's certainly a lot going on on that front. But uh, yeah, great time, great time to move to Ecuador, sec secure your food and water supply, and enjoy <laughs> life because uh, you know that's that's uh, this is a great place to do it. I mean, we've certainly found that, as have a lot of others, and and you know we'd love to help you accomplish what you're trying to do because we we enjoy successful outcomes. So. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Good, good. Well, uh, in the meantime, uh, one more time, we'll leave you with the website, www.abequador.com. Again, that's www.a as in apple, b as in boy, ecuador.com. You can reach us toll free at 888-999-0948 or by email at info at abequador.com. Thanks again for joining, the, joining us this week and uh, tune in next week for our next podcast. In the meantime, have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.